Okay. Well, we're going to be starting from the very beginning here of uh, in, in the uh, Voice in the Distance Ministries here. I figured that the best way to go would be to start from the very beginning of not just uh, of the, for the sake of the ministry, but for the sake of, of the Bible. To start from the very beginning of time. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be starting off in Genesis. Uh, Genesis chapter 1. And again, I found it, I found it perfectly fitting to be doing so because again, this is, uh, this is the beginning of this ministry. If you were to go on our website and, and to take a look, you would see some recorded messages on there that were already, uh, messages that I did from, from the past. Uh, some of them were probably from about five years ago, some of them recent, some about four or three years ago. But right now, as we get into Genesis, the audio library will be starting to begin. And, uh, and I'm very excited to be doing this because again, the, the goal of this ministry is to be able to uh, have an audio library of, of every single book and every chapter from the Bible. And the one thing that's always spoken to me is I mentioned on the website that uh, it has always been, I've never actually, I've never uh, failed to shun, the, or I've never shunned the full word of God. I've never failed to give you the full counsel of God. And and that has always spoken to me, and and so therefore, which is that is is the reason for this uh, ministry is to be able to give everything everything from the Bible from beginning to end. Uh, I've noticed that as I've talked to people throughout the years, that I if I ask them if they've ever read any uh, particular passage from the Bible, and a lot of times no, they have not, or possibly the uh, their church will not uh, will not or have not gone there, and so the goal here is to be able to say that. Through this particular ministry, I've been able to to study this passage. Uh, there will come a time where you you will open those pages, and it'll be those pages that you open up that the cloud of dust comes out of. And and we want to eliminate that. We want to be able to say that I have seen the full counsel of God. And so again, what 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 a better not a better way to start is by Genesis here. What a better way to start, I mean, is is through Genesis chapter one at the very beginning, and and so. Genesis chapter 1, and why I'm starting in Genesis again, is because I want to start from the very beginning of not just the Bible, but from the very beginning of time. And I found it fitting, again, for this ministry. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to start from the beginning, and uh, we're going to see the beginning of the Bible, we're going to see the beginning of time and our existence. And so another another important aspect of Genesis is the fact that it is one of the most important books in the Bible as well. Uh, the New Testament contains 27 books. And yet Genesis throughout the New Testament was quoted 200 times. Okay, of, of different passages throughout the whole New Testament. Second, it was the foundation that the Bible showed our lives blueprint on. And I, I haven't met a person yet that has never questioned why they're here or how things got here. Why do we do the things we do? Or the ever so famous, what's wrong with everyone? What's wrong with the world today, right? So, well, this is going to explain it all. In fact, if you've ever read the Bible from beginning to end, it paints the picture of all those questions and then some. And it started with creation. And then it started with his interaction with the creation. And I, and I love what it says in James chapter 4, verse 8. It says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And really, again, this is the goal of this ministry, it is to do that, is to draw you near to God, so that way he will draw near to you. And, and what a fitting name for it, a voice in the distance, because it is his voice in the distance that we need to be paying attention to. So let's go ahead and start off. If you have a Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 1. 
And we're going to be starting off in verse 1 through 13. And it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And then God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. And then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. And then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in the one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass and the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. So what is fascinating is that if you observe the verses closely, you can see that God created everything in a systematic structure. It was not it was not like a painter who does splatter art by flinging the brush on the canvas, which is like an abstract art, and then saying done, finished. You know what I'm saying when you take the when they take the uh, the brush and they just fling it on there with different colors. And a lot of times you cannot make what it is, but they'll call it art. And, and, and in their own sense, God did this all in a very systematic way, day by day. Okay, so an empty, it was a void, it was an emptiness. And, and he created life, he created earth and solar system. Now, what would be interesting to have seen is what the earth looked like back then. And, and later in Genesis, God floods the earth. After that, it's completely different. It was never the same again. And, and we have some amazing, breathtaking places on the earth today. Uh, but over the years, man has destroyed parts of the earth as well. So after God has finished a particular section, he said that it was good. Now, if God says that something was good, then it must have really been impressive. If God were to look back and say it was good, I would have loved to have seen exactly what it was he was talking about. But we should not reflect on the ancient past knowing that nothing on earth will compare to heaven where no man can pollute. So that is the one thing we get to look forward to. Now, in these 12 verses, we see a three-day process. Verse 1 through 5 was the creation of day and night, uh, what we know as light and darkness. Uh, the, the sun we see and feel so close to us was placed 93 million miles from the earth. And, and the moon is about, uh, about 240 to 250,000 miles away, which is actually a lot closer to us. But the thing is, they both actually serve a purpose. You know, you look at the moon, it provides uh, enough light in remote places around the world for nocturnal animals to see and to hunt. And if we didn't have light from the sun, nothing would grow as well. And then second, God created the rains, which we know is, is vital for our existence. And in many ways, with light and rain, light and rain is needed as well. It protected the sun's radiation, okay, from cell damage, which comes to the skin and shortens the lifespan in a person. Back then, sunscreen was never an invented factor yet. 
Third, verse 11, the earth brought forth grass, herb, and trees, which also is in need of sunlight and rain. Now, again, this is not to be a science exhibit, but what it is, it's examining an intelligent design by a perfect creator. And uh, over the years, I've dealt with landscaping and trees. Uh, It it gave me uh, many different outlooks of how things work. Uh, People would ask me if their grass would come back or if a tree would survive during the dormant time of a winter. And my answer is actually very simple, simple and biblical. If it gets enough water and if it gets enough sunlight, it should be perfectly fine. But then again, that's not up to me. I don't make things grow. I might be able to tend to it, but to make it grow and to make it survive is is not up to me. It's amazing if you look at how an acorn can be planted and watered into the ground. And over, over many years, a large oak tree is now in existence. If you've traveled around the south, around the uh, the United States, it's amazing how old those are. I've I've been through uh, areas where oak trees that were two, three hundred years old that were planted ginormous and beautiful, and it was all basically from this small little acorn that was planted in the right place. Okay, so it had to be planted right in the right ground. It needed the water, needed the sunlight in order to grow what it into what we see today. Now, what we're seeing here is the third day's creation. Okay, so from from verse 1 to 13, we covered basically three days worth of what God created in the systematic, um, in the systematic way here. It was the creation of our atmosphere. Okay, so this is what we're looking at. From, from day 1 to th- 2 and 3, God created first the atmosphere. And then God observed it and said that it was good. Now, if we look at verse 14, we're going to go to verse 14 to 25. And then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and, and seasons and for the, for the days and the years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures, and let the birds fly above the, the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living thing that moves, with which the waters abound according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were on the fifth day. And then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creatures, or creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth, each according to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind cattle according to its kind and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind and God saw that it was good okay so now in the the next part we see the continuing of our atmosphere being completed and so uh, within the galaxy and, and then the creation of our animal kingdom what's amazing about our God and the creation of our galaxy is the continuing discovery of his glory the amount of stars are so many that are actually so much above uh, that are above count yet yeah, Psalm 147 verse 4 and 5 says that he counts the number 
of the stars he gives, name, and he gives names to all of them. And great is our Lord God and abundant in strength. As our technology advances, uh, we continue to discover that we can barely even grasp the nature of this creation. Now, depending on our ages, we can observe our science books from school and, and we will see significant changes in the text, whether it be from 10, 20, 30 years back and beyond. Um, the, the chances are it, it'll continue to change within the realms of science. Uh, I've talked to people um, in physics and in many different theories were said by different people in re- regards to uh, physics and astrophysics and whatever have you. So, so here's how uh, Genesis is for all types. Okay, so Den- Genesis uh, chapter 1 covers a multitude of life's interest. We have seen geology. We've seen the planet and the universe. We've seen the weather patterns. And now we're looking at uh, a form of zoology. And and people have interest in different things. And and God gave abilities to to discover these things. And again, to see intelligent design by our creator is what is here. Okay, for the animal lover, again, glory to God here. Uh, If you've ever observed numerous animals, you can see that again, that their existence was not by coincidence. Uh, God has a purpose, which is why we're all here. And the animals he created has a purpose as well. Uh, what's amazing to see is that he actually created animals with special abilities, but also instinct, emotions. Uh, they, they too care for their own, and, and they actually sometimes care for others as well. And, and what's very interesting is just recently online, I, I happened to uh, catch a, uh, a story, a, a glimpse of a, um, of a farmer in Rio, Brazil who rescued a penguin uh, that was covered in tar, I suppose, is what I remembered. And how a penguin got over to Brazil, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty interesting. But this, this farmer rescued this penguin and got him back to health and, and released him into his ha- back into his habitat, got him back to health and released him. Now, what is the most interesting thing about this is that on this news cover, this penguin comes back to Rio Brazil to visit his friend there every single year. He's done this for five years in a row, right around the same exact time. And I, I got to see a video of it. I got to see a video of this penguin coming up to him and, and greeting him. And I forget how many miles. I want to say 3,000 miles or something like that is, is how far this penguin swims to, to, uh, to meet his friend out in Brazil. And I looked at that and I thought to myself, like, that is not by coincidence that that an animal such as that swims that many miles to visit someone that he remembers and greets right around the same time. I also observed also right around the same time frame, I also observed a a father and a daughter who raised these two two young uh, apes and they also released them back into their habitat. And and what's really neat is is that they went back. Uh, they went back over into this habitat to find the, to find these two apes. They were siblings, and they called for them. And they basically came to the river and they greeted them, and and they remembered them and they were playing together. And, and it was just like they didn't want them to go. They hugged them. It was really something. It was really a neat thing to see. And 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 they try to go back too every time as well. So I, I see God's creation. I see God's work here in all things. He said as well. He said that they are to multiply. 
you know, mothers care for their young. You know, you take birds such as doves. You know, doves are some of the most loyal birds that you'll ever that you'll ever see. If if one loses a mate, the surviving one will not mate with another. And and what's sad is it seems to have more loyalty than most people do. You take the panda bear, for instance, and someone tried to uh, someone tried to say that the panda bear was it was a flawed animal by design due to an offset thumb that it had. Now, what they don't realize is that that thumb allows allows them to strip bamboo and to eat, and that thumb actually allows them to climb as well as they do for their size. So that is definitely not by a, a design flaw. That is actually a perfect design for that particular an, animal to do what he has to do. And again, I have witnessed animals save the lives of humans. You, you look at God, you know, God used ravens to feed Elijah, the prophet, as he was hiding from the people of Israel when, when Elijah prayed for no rain. Okay? And, 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 that's, and that's another interesting story that's later on in the Bible. There was a time where the prophet Elijah prayed for no rain in Israel for one year. And they were pretty much all after him, so he ended up having to hide out in the valleys and in the in the uh, caves. And, and of all things that God utilized to take care of Elijah was ravens. Elijah was fed and cared for by ravens. And, and if you've ever read the book of Leviticus, uh, those kind of birds would be considered uh, unclean animals from a Levitical standard. And in the Eastern culture, too, those particular birds are considered birds of doom. So, look what God did. He utilizes these birds to, to care for one of his prophets. I look at what Jesus said, too. That Jesus said that the birds of the air are fed by God. In, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. The birds of the air are fed by God, and they don't soar, they don't soar or reap. So, so, God made the beasts of the earth and after its kind, and God saw that it was good. And we too can see and, and, and say the same exact thing, that it was good. We don't see any design flaws here. Observe uh, verse, uh, verse 26. And then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over fish in the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth. And every tree whose fruit yields seed... To you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the air. And to every living thing that creeps. On the earth which is, which is there is life. I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. And then God saw everything that he made. And indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So what we are, uh, what we're looking now again is is kind of like the apex of of God's creation, creation, which is us, created in His image. This is the highest point, right? Like our, it's amazing how our parents. Sometimes we we look so much like our parents. We'll look like certain siblings. And, and, and to me, that is a, that's a pretty neat thing to observe, uh, to, to see that. But we were made in God's image. Okay, so in the last section, we see that, that, that God creates man. And this is the final finish of God's creation. 
it's neat to see that we are the apex of his work. And the interesting thing is, is we were made in his image, made within one day. It's important to remember that we were made in his image, but we are not him. And you will see the next chapter that man was, was made from the dust. But it makes perfect sense when we have children. There, there is a resemblance. Uh, either father or mother. Certain traits also are inherited as well. Uh, there's the old saying that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And so again, in his image, it was the form of appearance and likeness and demeanors. And as we were put on the earth, uh, we were given a purpose as well. God said in Jeremiah 1.5, He said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I sanctified you. He gave us a responsibility to, uh, to the earth and, and other living things. If you've ever had children, you can understand exactly the concept of these verses. And, and really even non-believing people to the Bible act upon what God instructed. Think of verse 29 and 30. I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth. To you it shall be food. Verse 30, I have given every green herb for food. So for many years, for many years they, uh, they were vegans. Uh, it, wasn't until, uh, it wasn't until after the flood that Noah, uh, during the flood of Noah, that meat was eaten, in, which is in Genesis chapter 9. So eventually we're going to get there pretty soon, hopefully. Um, so it wasn't until then, after the flood, that, that meat was um, delivered to us as, as a part of food. So that was about a uh, that was about a 1600 year gap from Adam to the flood. Um, you, you could look at the genealogy from Adam's son Seth to Noah, and then from there you could do the math. So it turns out to be about 1600 to 1650 years um, that the earth was pretty much vegan. And, and Genesis chapter 1 really shows the glory of God and why it's good to be a part of Him. Uh, after the completion of everything, He said that it was good. And, and we're going to witness throughout Genesis the difference between God's perfection and man's downfalls. See, see whenever we need to, to know about something or to see how something works, uh, we seek an instruction manual. Uh, an instruction manual from the manufacturer. Uh, but most of the time, it's because we broke or we tweaked something. See, see, God never knew sin. Everything about Him was perfect. Is He? God knew no sin, but He at least knows how to clean it up, which is what we will witness as, as we continue through uh, through the Bible. Now, what I want to do here is pretty much I just want to kind of share my heart a little bit. Um. In regards to uh, the, to creation and, and Genesis chapter one, when we look at our uh, when we look at our created lives, and as we continue in the next few chapters, we're, we're going to see changes that were affected, and, and these are changes that we all pretty much share in these things, and, and that is with uh, that is the the winding down of time. Okay, so because of the fall of, of man, uh, time was really shortened here. In fact, later in Genesis, after the flood, we will see that God shortens time on earth for uh, even more for man uh, because there's, there's an age limit uh, on our time, which is on Genesis chapter 6. We will see that God basically no longer allowed man to live as long as he did. Uh, time is one of our most important factors in life because it's something that we cannot get back. Okay, now over over time I've heard people say that I, I've killed time, I've killed some time. Uh, some say that I've wasted time. 
But if we can, the important if we can, the important thing that we should do is redeem the time. We can lose money and we could always make it back, but time is not something that we make or get back. See, yesterday has come and gone. Okay, and and, and the older you get, the the faster it goes. And I remember my dad telling me that, and and I used to think to myself like, well, I didn't think anything of it until I got older. And and for those of you that are probably in your mid twenties to thirties, you experience it. You experience it just go faster and faster. See, God does exist. And and Genesis is a good example of such because when we look at the design of everything around us uh, that we read about, how can any of this be denied? Right? How can any of this be denied? An example of verse 10. Moses wrote that, that God called them seas. Okay, when he was talking about the, uh, uh, the creation of our atmosphere, or the earth, I should say. He was, he was talking about the creation of earth, and he was talking about the land and how God created the seas, the ocean. And, and so, the interesting thing is, if you look at that, Moses says that the, he created the seas, which is plural. The only sea that Moses would have ever known was basically the Red Sea. Or the Mediterranean Sea right there. That is all Moses would have ever known as he crossed the Red Sea. The Mediterranean Sea was really the only one in that area. Moses did not go any farther than that region over there. How would Moses have known that there, were, that there was uh, numerous seas? Okay? It, it, was obvious that, it was obvious that God presented this to Moses. And these things were written long before science was a subject, long before theories and discoveries were made. Moses didn't travel the earth to know this. Moses didn't have a map. Moses didn't have a globe. He didn't have satellite. He didn't have, he didn't have any form of, of, of knowledge of how any of this stuff came about. So what we're looking at is we're looking at the accuracy here of, of how many thousands of years ago that this was written and yet we see the accuracy, and we see the truth of this, right? See, all of the theories about how things got here, or how we evolved here, are in textbooks only. There, there's, there's no proof in, in fossil or skeletal remains uh, that no one can produce in regards to such things uh, like evolution, if you will. Uh, but the Bible has numerous remnants of, of the existence of God's creation, God knows the heart and the mind of skeptics. And I, and I believe that he allowed things to be found because of the skeptic. <laughs> uh, but most of all, he wants us to find him because he loves us. He, he sent his only begotten son to die for our sins. He created us because he loves us and sent an access to him. Read John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. He wanted everyone to have everlasting life. And it could only be done through him. Okay, so I explain that now because we're eventually going to get into the point where we're going to see why we needed a savior. And we're going to be getting into that in the next few chapters. But you see, the thing is, is it's the only way. It's the only way to see our God who created us. It's the only way that we'll ever be able to see the heavens that he created. And, and if you want, if you want to receive this salvation, I want to invite you to, to say a prayer with me. It's a prayer of salvation that, that, that basically you're saying that, yes, I do believe in you. 
that I do believe in, believe in God and that I do trust in Him and that I do receive Him for salvation, that He did, that He did send His only begotten Son to die for me and for this world. So if, if there is an interest, if you feel that the Holy Spirit has, has spoken to you upon your heart, I want you to, to repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I come before you, Lord, to ask for forgiveness of my sins. Father, please forgive me. I confess to you that I am a sinner, Lord. And I ask of you to wash me clean, Lord. I ask of you to receive me into your kingdom, Lord. And Lord, I invite you into my heart now, Lord. I invite you into my heart as my Lord and my Savior. And Father, I love you. I praise you, Lord. And I want to follow you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If anybody here said that prayer, please feel free to contact. You can email from the prayer tower. I'd like to hear from you. So I pray again that this ministry would bless you in every way. I pray that, that you would find the Lord, that you would sit at His feet. That, that if you are walking with the Lord, that you will be able to, to grow in Him. Okay, so the, the mission of this of this is to is not to preach to the saints. Okay, it, it's to equip the saints. It's to it's to equip the people of God and and to equip those who are basically wanting to learn about Him and know more about Him. So again, I pray that you would seek Him and I pray that you would find Him through this ministry or wherever you might be. So God bless you and thank you for listening to a voice in the distance.